Shalom Mishpacha. Shalom family. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. <laughs> We're the Mishpacha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people, where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile finally come down to form one new man, one new humanity, getting ready, Mishpacha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. We're going to have fun because my special guest is uh, Rabbi Jonathan Burnus, but I, I don't call him Rabbi. I don't. I just call him Jonathan because I've known him. How long have I I prefer known? that, by the way. Thank you, Sid. Uh, how, how long have we known each other? We met in 1983, so what is that, 32 years ago? That is, that's a that's long, a lo- that's a a long, long time. time. But my fondest memory of you is when you were a Messianic rabbi in um, Rochester, New York, I would go up there for weekends or three-day retreats with you, and we would pray in supernatural languages, in tongues. And I am not 90%. I am 100% convinced that you and I were praying our futures, and we didn't even have a clue when that was going on. Absolutely. I'm sure that's the case also. And you broke into something called, uh, by the way, you'll find, that if you touch this mic. I won't touch it. Don't I'm not you? going anywhere near there again. Right, good. Um, I, you started doing something that I had seen before and I thought was pretty weird, but I knew it was God, but it was still weird. And the reason it was weird is no one was doing it. You know, if you've never seen something of God, it looks weird because, you know, it defies your computer, what you got inside of here. But it, it's called travail. Where what, what is your definition of travail? Well, I under, the way that I understand travail, and by the way, this came as a real surprise. This is nothing that I... Uh, drummed up or, by, or by the, did by, by force the way, of will. I know Jonathan. He's such a conservative guy. It's the last thing that he would have done. Yep, that's true. But it was really a, a God thing. It, I, I was overcome with the, I, I, I would just call it the burden of the Lord. The scripture talks quite a bit about the burden of the Lord uh, at different, uh, with different people at different times in history. And I was overcome with the burden of the Lord. And I was praying in tongues, other tongues, and then that wasn't enough. The, in, the force, uh, the intensity of, of the, of the uh, sense of, of unction uh, was so great that I just began to groan and, and sounds came out of my mouth, Sid, that I had never heard before. And I, and I connect this to the statement in Romans 8 where it talks about creation groaning actually yes. groaning and i believe that it's a creative force we're groaning to to bring about a restoration we're groaning to bring about god's plan for the world and in this case god's specific plan for my life as it applied to his plan of redemption specifically my destiny and out came these these strange sounds and here's the thing that i have never thought i have never said publicly why because it just came to me at this moment. Jonathan and I had the high privilege. God spoke to Jonathan, told him to do an evangelistic outreach for Jewish people. Never been done before. Never. Uh, In St. Petersburg, Russia, and I went with him on the first meeting. 
And at this first meeting, Jonathan and I saw something that it, it was beyond my wildest expectations. Both of ours, and uh, it was it was being we were at the right place at the right time. And Sid, I believe that there's dotted lines that connect back to our times of fasting and prayer together. That's what and I was prevail. Say. And what we saw in 1993 was a 4,000-seat concert uh, hall, the Oktoberski Concert Hall, filled every night consecutively for three nights. 4,000 people, standing room only, people that uh, were turned away because of the crowds were so great. And when we gave the altar calls, you could feel this tractor beam coming on, and almost the whole auditorium filled with Jewish people would come down the aisles, running no, no, down the aisles. Said, oh, you say, he just said the key word. They were running to be saved. Now, here's the thing I have never said publicly, I've never even thought or had on my radar. It wasn't what we just said. And this is for Jonathan as well as for everyone that's watching right now. Jonathan told me that this travail went away. It birthed something. It was almost like, you know, I see travail, Jonathan, as a woman giving birth to a child. It was, I that's, do too. What, that's what was going I on. Do too. We were giving birth, it's birth to this, this, this move of God among Jewish people back, uh, what year was that? 1993. It was in 93. Okay. Since that time, Jonathan has not moved into this travail except he just told me before we started this television show, I'm going in to travail. All of a sudden, it's starting again. Would you like to know why it's starting again, John? I'm ready to hear. I, I, I think I know, but... Uh, I know you know, but, they're big, but they don't know. Something that you, new I is know happening. you know, but I know, and we'll <laughs> tell them how to know. This is what it is. We are about ready to see the greatest move of God's Spirit in history, the greatest awakening in the world. And it started with the Jew 2,000 years ago, and it's going to start with the Jew again. We are going to see the greatest move of God's Spirit on Jewish people. I have no doubt. I, you, you don't have to get your stones to stone me if it's a false word, because it's not a false word. It's true. Let every man be a liar, but God's word is true. This is the fullness of the Gentile age. This is the maturity of the Gentiles. This is the set time to favor Zion. Jonathan, you know, anything to do with Israel and Jewish people is, uh, God says the Jewish people are the apple of his eye. And this is the moment. It's not that God loves Jews more than Gentile Christians or vice versa. It's, it's let God be God. That's right. And this is God's moment for Israel, God's moment for Jewish people. Uh, and and I, I have to ask you something. The set time to favor Zion, said is here. It is here. We are in the period known as the at the end of days, and just as it began with the Jewish people, it, it, it finishes with the Jewish people, and we're seeing this all over. The restoration of Israel, the restoration of Jerusalem in 1967, directly connected to an outpouring of the Spirit, and now we're in the final wrap-up, and the gospel is now going again to the Jewish people and from the Jewish people. The power of God is, is being poured out, and, and it will get greater and greater and greater, I believe. The lighter and lighter and lighter as the world gets darker. Yeah, you know something, Jonathan? I would not want to be doing 
anything else than what I'm doing right now. Me either. And uh, it's, and and I'll tell you something else. I Nor would I want to live in any other time than now. No, I wouldn't. Do it. In fact, you told me that you've been feeling an unction of the Holy Spirit uh, about the end times. Uh, that uh, that. Uh, the Lord keeps telling you that time is short. Tell me about that. Shorter and shorter and shorter. Uh, the the end is near. I, I, I wake up with scriptures like the end is near, so get ready. Uh, the time clock is ticking, and I think that if we could see the world as a time clock, it's one minute to 12 right now. We're that close. I believe that. But here's the thing that um, gets me upset. I have to tell you, I have many prophetic friends, and they're telling me, buy gold and silver and store food and store guns and store water, and these are all good things if God tells me to do it, because everything's going to get awful, and there's going to be in uh, you know camps, they're going to hurt Christians in these places, and you know what? It's not even on my radar. You know what's on my radar? I see the greatest awakening the world has ever seen. I'm not focusing on that negative junk. Maybe it's true, but no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I like that yes. better than my Amen. stored food. There's two things we should be storing up, okay? What? One, treasure in heaven. We should be storing up treasure in heaven. We should be storing up souls because they follow us to heaven. When we get to heaven, we will see all the people that we impacted. And so... Uh, I believe that, that we need to be proclaiming the good news now and storing up souls in heaven that will meet when we get there. That's the first thing. The second thing is, and I, I had a vision of this, Sid. I saw a water tower, and I saw the uh, uh, this chain that was pulled, and the water came gushing out. And the Lord showed me that that water tower is intercession. Intercession is like a water tower. When you intercede, when you go into into when you're praying in other tongues, when you go into a deeper form of of prayer, travail, groaning, supplication, you're actually storing a power in like a water tower. And when you need it, it's like pulling the the, the chain, and out comes the power. And that's what we need to be storing up. I didn't see that picture before that you actually are storing up prayer. And when you need it, the that 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 power, that dunamis is released. And so we need to be storing up prayer. And that's why praying in tongues is so important. Critical. Uh, now, let me say something. This is brand new. And because of the times that we're living in, I love it. And I just dropped it. That's the CD. <laughs> I just connected dropped to the it. CD. But that's, uh, that's what I love about something more. I don't care if we mess <laughs> up or anything. Things don't have to It'll be still perfect. play fine. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your brand new uh, confessing the Hebrew Scriptures. Uh, this this is the book. third in a series. A, 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 it's a project mm -hmm. that I've undertaken to go through the, the names of God and to uh, group Scriptures that directly connect to that revelation of His name. There's many... God expresses Himself in Scripture in different compound names. And this one is specifically dealing with God who provides, our provider. Now, they're all, I found that all of the names of God are actually intertwined. There's overlap, but this is the very nature of God. This is the very uh, person of God expressed 
through these different compound names. This one is I, I'm, it's called Adonai Yireh, the Lord wait, wait, who wait, provides. No, no, no. It's called Jehovah Jireh. That's what the song says. That's what the song says. But if you go back to the actual Hebrew, it's yud heh vav which is the, there's two passages actually that this compound name comes from. One is Elohim, God, will provide. And the, the actual Hebrew is pronounced Yireh. It's, I know it's Jehovah Jireh, but the actual Hebrew is yud heh vav which we, is Yahweh, Jehovah. I use the word Adonai just because I'm from a Jewish background and I, I, I'm not comfortable directly pronouncing the, what we call the tetragrammaton. Well, and then well, you know what? I'm comfortable doing that. However, I'm, I come from a background and that's what we use, Adonai, same as you. And so I just do it because tradition. That's right. That's what. <laughs> so I, it's tradition as well. So I, I call it Adonai Yireh, mm-hmm. or it can be Jehovah or Yahweh Yireh. The Lord will provide. And if I can, I'd like to tell you that the origin of this revelation, because it really brings to context, when we sing Jehovah Jireh, our provider, we think of the Lord uh, uh, pouring out riches and wealth, divine provision. And all of that is connected to the word. But if you really want to understand what Yireh means, you have to go back to the original revelation, which comes from Genesis 22, verses 13 and 14, it's the story of Abraham being asked by God to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac, which is a beautiful type, prophetic type, of the Lord uh, giving us his only begotten son, Jesus, the Messiah. And it says Abraham lifted up his eyes. He's ready to sacrifice Isaac. See this picture now. And Isaac's not a little child. He's old enough to to fight uh, his father and to escape, but he's... it's an act of obedience for Isaac as well. So Abraham's lifted the knife, and it says just as he's about to slay his son, believing that if he does kill his son, God will resurrect him. He has that much faith. Then he lifts up his eyes in verse 13, and there's a ram caught in the thick thicket, or the thick uh, bushes of the, of the uh, thorns. And so he uh, took the ram and offered it up instead of his son, and he named the place Adonai or Jehovah or Yahweh Yireh, the Lord will provide. And uh, then it's mentioned again uh, as know, the place that he calls it Adonai Yireh. And you know, there's such a presence of God when you said the word. The, that's where the presence I felt that anointing. That is the, the Lord pr- will provide. But, but what that's in context. But when we come back, I want you to explain to me why you have such an emphasis on confessing God's word, but beyond that, confessing God's word in Hebrew, and beyond that, allowing people in just a few minutes to be able to pronounce, a few seconds really, be able to pronounce Hebrew. There's a reason, and I have that reason. I know you do. And uh, this book, it's, uh, it's really a coffee table book. It's, it's so beautiful. It's got the interactive CD in it, and it's got the most beautiful pictures. I mean, uh, th- these are amazing pictures. Uh, and, and you start out with 
the English word the from say uh, I just happened to open this up Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3 happy is the one who has not walked in the advice of the wicked then you have the Hebrew and the person you literally will hear it in Hebrew and you know what's going to start happening as you hear it in Hebrew and as you start then pronouncing it in this amazing system that Jewish people invented so that you could speak instant Hebrew it's called transliteration uh, you will begin to memorize these words you're going to begin to speak them out loud. This is what I find. When you, when you memorize in English, uh, the, word, the Holy Spirit then brings it to remembrance. That's right. And it's going to actually bring the Hebrew to remembrance. And we're going to find out why Hebrew is so important. But uh, you've done two other uh, books like this in this series. Uh, the Lord, your healer. Uh, the Lord, your peace. Uh, and... Uh, what feedback do you get from people that have these books? Well, we're we're getting a lot of feedback, and only some of it makes it to me because we have a big ministry, so they write to the ministry, and then some of them are forwarded on, but we're getting dozens, if not hundreds, of responses, people that are actually experiencing a transformation. When they confess scriptures that, t- that where, the, where the Lord promises healing, they get healed. Where they confess promises that deal with uh, God's peace, and rest and and fighting anxiety, peace comes over them, and now the provision, divine provision. Now, uh, when when you say provision, as you said, of course it includes finances, and that's where the emphasis is. Yeah, it's in, much more in, in in America, but it's what it's more than that. Much it's more. Saying. Well, again, the context of it is the Lord providing a ram, as a substitute for the sacrifice of Isaac. So. The, 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 the greatest meaning is the Lord providing his son for us. And everything that, that, that Yeshua provides for us in his atonement and his resurrection. So it's huge. It's abundance. It's divine blessing. It's multiplication. All this is caught up in the word yere. It's lacking for nothing. It's prosperity sit in a biblical sense. Prosperity has been a bit distorted biblical prosperity and that word is shalom so it ties in now to peace uh, you know what there's so much tied in once you understand it's amazing the Hebrew, and uh, we're going to make this available to you at a very low price i can't wait to get it in your hands it's the cd you'll hear it uh, israeli is actually speaking it in hebrew you'll then see it phonetically and then you'll have the English, and that's why it's called interactive. It's all put together, in, and, and I'm telling you, if you just got this book for these beautiful pictures, <laughs> it would be worth it. But it's way beyond that. I think you need to get not only this book, but his other two, uh, which will make all three available for a, a um uh, an investment of $79, and for an investment of 39 you can get the brand new one, Adonai Yire, the, the Lord will provide. Uh, and when we come back, you're going to find out the importance of meditating, the importance of Hebrew. Be right back. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. Hello, Sid Roth with Something More. And uh, Jonathan, you have such, and and by the way, my guest is uh, Jonathan Burness, uh, 
the head of uh, Jewish Voice, uh, and you've probably seen him on television. And uh, But uh, Jonathan and I are friends, and we're going to let you eavesdrop on our conversation. You have had a passion for years for confessing God's Word. Why? Well, very simply, two words, it works. I like it, that. It, it does. It absolutely works. And I'll, I'll tell you very quickly the story how I came into this. I was uh, counseling a woman, and I, one of the things that I that I least enjoyed to be between us, just the two of us, right. when I was pastoring. You, you just hit your mic. I know, I know. <laughs> okay. I was, I was, was going to hit my forehead, and I missed, you know, oy vey. <laughs> but one of the things I least enjoyed when I was leading a congregation, pastoral ministry, was counseling. And I was counseling a woman week after week after week that had severe depression. Uh, by the way, Jonathan was single for many years, and and women would come to him for counseling. That <laughs> God told them they were supposed to get married. Yeah, that I'd find out. I'd find out fun. later. But I did this for nine years. I pastored for nine years, and there was a a, a woman that was severely depressed, clinically depressed, and she had been like the woman with the issue of blood to every psychologist, every psychiatrist. They had spent great deal of money on counseling, and she was she just exuded depression. And it everywhere she went, it just was like a cloud f- over her, and 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 then it hit other people. And uh, I just spent hours of of w- really wasted time uh, trying to help her without any results whatsoever. And then I was praying for her before a counseling meeting, and the Lord told me, just give her some scriptures like he of liberty that 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 confess liberty whoever the sun sets free is free indeed where the spirit of god is there is liberty uh um, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world and i gave her this assignment and uh i didn't know what to expect i actually i probably didn't expect much of anything sid she came back the next week and she was a different person the cloud was gone she was smiling it's the first time I i had ever seen her smile and uh, what she did was to take, she, she, she obeyed the homework assignment. She did it. She became a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And she stood in front of the mirror like I recommended she do. She began to confess these scriptures. And in about three days, the depression lifted because the word of God works. And confession is a biblical principle. If you look at the word uh, meditate in, in the Hebrew, it's hagah. That that should remind you of something, the Haggadah, which means to tell the Passover story, Haggadah. But that word Haggadah... Excuse me, the little booklet that has the whole uh, format for Passover is called the Haggadah. Why? Because we're retelling the story of Passover, the exodus out of Egypt. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. Uh, But um, the word in Hebrew, Haggadah, means to to mutter, to utter, to, to speak... And when God told Joshua to meditate on the word and he'd be successful in everything that he did and he'd be able to take the land and lead the children of Israel into uh, the promised land, the word is Haggah. So it's Christian meditation is to think, to contemplate, but, but Jewish meditation is to confess, to use that little uh, member of our body, the tongue, which we're told has the power of life and death in it, and to speak the word of God, and by speaking the word of God, something happens, Sid, that's supernatural. I know you like that word. I do. Supernatural. And what happens is, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and sp- the spoken tongue, the language, speaking forth words, is has creative force, for good and bad. 
what happens supernaturally is that when we confess the word of God, we hear it. When we hear it over and over and over again, it becomes faith. It drops into our spirit. And then when we confess it from our spirit, it has creative force, it has life, and it brings change. It's miraculous, it's supernatural. What, what I find is so amazing, if you could see in the invisible realm when you speak up, I just no, the same thing. Yeah, I, I was didn't. I was going to let you point it out. To me. <laughs> uh, when when you speak the word of God, it literally it's called a sword, and it literally it does what a sword does. It just totally uh, the enemy stands no chance. In fact, you feel the anointing growing right now as you're yeah, talking. Josh, the anointing is. I'm I'm getting excited. Joshua. One eight you teach about explain that that is the scripture uh, God is is encouraging Joshua he's preparing Joshua to take over from Moses what it can you imagine how daunting this is the great Moses has as has now departed and you have to lead somewhere around three million Jewish people. Everyone is a president unto themselves. I know, yeah. And you yeah, have to yeah, lead yeah. them. You have 10 Jewish people. You have 11 opinions. Yeah, okay. or more. <laughs> and, and God is encouraging Joshua. This is Joshua's pep talk, said. And he's saying, Joshua, you're going to make it, but here's how you're going to make it. You're going to succeed. You're going to accomplish this. I've been preparing you, but here's what you have to do to, to be successful. You have to meditate, Haggah, confess my word day and night and never let it depart he doesn't say from your heart, he says, from, or your mind, he says, never let it depart from your mouth. So if you confess the scriptures by, you, by speaking them forth and they'll get into your hearing, you'll listen to them, it'll drop into your spirit, it'll become faith and you will succeed you'll, in everything that you do. You know, I'm having an amazing thought right now. Uh, we Jewish people, we go into the synagogue and we doven, that's called pray. And we use usually a prayer book, but the prayer book is loaded with scripture. So a, a religious Jew is going into the synagogue and he is meditating on the word of God every day. My father used to have the prayer book memorized and, and, and there'd be a contest to see who could say the prayers the fastest <laughs> in the synagogue. But what he was doing was he was speaking the supernatural words of God. He was meditating. He was actually mum when you said that, it's like mumbling. They yeah, do mum it real fast. Mumble or mutter. Mutter. Mm -hmm. that, that, when they read it that quickly in the scriptures, and maybe, just maybe, that's one of the reasons why Jewish people are such a blessed group of people. I mean, more Nobel Prizes uh, for Jewish people, and we're such a tiny uh, group of people. Uh, I, I believe that has something to do with it, John. Yeah, this is, again, our spoken words have creative force. Our spoken words are what we hear, and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the most powerful thing is when it gets into our heart, and don't you notice you confess scriptures and you remember them at key times? Yes. The Lord brings them to mind at just the right time, and that's how it works. But when you, re when you speak forth the word of God, when you speak healing to someone, from your spirit, you're releasing the creative power of healing. And I love it, Sid. There's nothing more exciting. Okay, but you have incorporated Hebrew. I have. Why, now, it, 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 it's interactive. So you have the English, you have 
the Hebrew and you have transliteration, which we'll get to, which in a matter of seconds, you can actually speak the Hebrew that you're seeing. Uh, but why Hebrew? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, Hebrew is, the, is known as the holy tongue. It's the tongue of the prophets. It's the language of the Old Testament, and I believe it's the language of heaven. I believe that when God created the world, it was at the spoken word in Hebrew. I, we'll find out when we get to heaven, but I believe it was Hebrew. It's a create. So the language itself has creative force. And we were talking in a past program about the j- just the different tone, tonal qualities of Hebrew they've determined to actually have creative power. You know, I can't, I can't tell you from a technical viewpoint. I can just tell you to my ear, I like spoken Hebrew. I like the way it sounds. I do too. And, and there, there's a reason for that. Our spirit likes it. It's not our mind that likes it. It's our spirit that likes it. When I hear shalom, I just love it. And I know that it, it, it's speaking peace. I know that it's speaking life. But here's another reason. Okay, let's take the, this, this one. Adonai yireh, the word yireh. Okay, per, the Lord will provide. So yireh or jireh, Jehovah jireh, my provider. So what's the English word? It's provide, right? right? But, but Yira, when we confess Yira, we're not just saying provide. We're saying, we're speaking forth prophetically abundance, blessing, multiplication. I'm reading all the words that, the, that Yira means. Lacking for nothing, prosper, success, fruitfulness, sustenance, rescue, protection, shelter, graciousness, enjoyment, carry us to old age, rain, when there's, there's famine, asking and receiving, all connected to that, the word Europe. You know what? That sure sounds a lot better to me than just money. Uh, that's what <laughs> money can't buy. You know that? Money can't buy what Yira provides for us. You know how we have super, super supplements and super vitamins and whatever else, superfoods? Hebrew are super words. It's a language of super words. So we say provide in English, but then we look, we go to the Hebrew and we release in Yere a super word that has 20 or 30 English words all contained in the one word that we confess, Yere. But the problem is, if you have ever looked at the Hebrew language, unless you're taught, you can't speak it. And you'll have to be taught it for a number of years uh, to understand it, to speak it. But there was a problem when Jewish people came to America. Tell me about that, Jonathan. Well, the, the yeshiva, the idea of yeshiva and men being brought up as, as from the time that they were little children in the Hebrew language disappeared when, America, when Jews started coming to America. In fact, the Hebrew language was basically lost. It was really lost in what we call the dispersion, when Jews were uh, forced to, to, to leave Israel, uh, banished from Israel in 70 AD, or actually 130 after the Bar Kokhba revolt, they were scattered to the nations of the world, and you would think they would assimilate. Here's a people without uh, a homeland anymore, and really without a common language. Hebrew really faded away, but it continued on in the European shtetl and so on. But in America, particularly, Hebrew literally disappeared. And so the religious leaders uh, at the turn of the 20th century were asking a question, how do we preserve uh, Hebrew in our worship? And they came up with an idea called transliteration, which is simply taking the English language and phonetically spelling out the Hebrew 
and we both grew up with this to some extent. We both went to Hebrew school, but we also have in most prayer books now outside of the Orthodox this thing called transliteration where we have the phonetic English that we that you, that is an aid to to read Hebrew. Yeah. And I've employed that in these books. No, I I, I see it. Uh, for instance, uh, the Hebrew you'd never understand if you saw it written. But then it's so easy. Uh, here it is phonetically, and in the book, that's what I love about this book. And it, it's you see, it's a hardback. It's a workbook. Beautiful. So it's, a, it's, it's a workbook. And the CD is interactive. He has an Israeli reading the Hebrew, but then you can read right along with that Israeli because it's written out phonetically. And it's so easy. Just that word, the Lord will provide. All of those meanings you're losing. You're capturing it when you're saying Hebrew. And, and you know, Zephaniah says uh, that a pure language will be restored. And many people believe that biblical Hebrew is a pure language. I'm positive that that's the fulfillment of that scripture. You are. I have no doubt I, I, at all. I believe that too. I'm sure of it. Oh, okay. Why? Uh, so they developed this system. It's so simple that anyone without understanding how to read the, uh, the, the, the Hebraic letters sounds like an Israeli scholar. But you'll really sound Israeli because on the interactive CD that comes uh, with this beautiful book, you get the Hebrew from an Israeli, not just Jonathan or myself that speak bar mitzvah Hebrew. And you can read with it and follow it right along. It's, there's a, if, it, here's how long it takes to learn Hebrew with these books. Five minutes. Five minutes. I said seconds. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm an evangelist. No, I, I, you're exaggerating. <laughs> it's a full five-minute process okay. to start. Well, Let's be yeah, honest. Can, can i got to be honest with you. Can you do the five minutes? Uh, by the way, it was so supernatural the way Hebrew was lost when the Jews were dispersed to the four corners of the earth, how, how was Hebrew restored for Israel? Because, see, here's the problem. Jews were coming back from the four corners of the earth to Israel, as God promised, but they also, someone, some spoke French, some spoke Italian, some spoke, uh, what's the Ethiopian language? Amharic. Amharic. Of, Yiddish. Uh, Yiddish, was, you know, Yiddish so, there was so, two... So it's like the Tower of Babel. We've got to have right. one language. So how did we get one language back? Well, Hebrew was a precursor to the restoration of Israel as, as a state in 1948. And it began, as you said, with pioneers in the 19th century that began to go back to the land. And God spoke to a man named Eliezer Ben Yehuda. We have Ben Yehuda Street. Street. Yeah. So he's a very prominent figure in Israel. He's known as the father of modern Hebrew. And he was, I believe, called supernaturally by God to return to the land of Israel. And he was a linguist who began to recreate, to take the ancient language that had been preserved but lost at the same time and began to put together a multi-volume dictionary. And all of these modern words that didn't have a Hebrew word, he created Hebrew words and he restored, he was used by God to restore Hebrew as a modern spoken language. How, how, you know, he had all sorts of persecution when he did this. I, I, you, you Terrible. About how, how he, it had to be God. It had to because be. Because without the modern day Hebrew, Israel would be a nation like the Tower of Babel. Sid, just to see the way God orchestrated everything, though, Zionism with Theodore Herzl, who was a proclaimed atheist, 
uh, saw a, tri a trial in, in France called the Dreyfus Trial and said, we're never going to be safe anywhere. We need our homeland. Started the, the modern movement of Zionism. You have Eliezer ben Yehuda being used by God to recreate the language of Hebrew, reestablish it. All, it's all it. dovetailing. All dovetails and comes together at a specific time in history, a divine intersection, a Kairos moment. And we're in it. I am so excited to make this brand new book. It's literally just off the press, Confessing the Hebrew Scriptures, The Lord Will Provide. And you found out the word provide means so much more. You're going to get the Hebrew, the transliteration, so you can read just like an Israeli, and you're going to hear the Israeli. You're going to be speaking with a Hebrew-Israeli accent. And the English, the interactive CD, is it's right in this book. And we're making this available for an investment. And I say investment because uh, you are, every cent beyond our expenses is poured into Jewish evangelism. And we're making it available for an investment of $39. But some of you did not get his other two books, and they are life changing. They're living, they're pulsating. Uh, the Lord, your healer. The Lord Your Peace. We're making all three available for $79. But what I'd really like you to do is to get two or three or four sets of the three. Make them available for birthday presents, Hanukkah presents, Christmas presents, anniversary presents, graduation presents. It'll be so unique. People will love it. And as a matter of fact, I was just telling Jonathan that I interviewed Jordan Rubin, Dr. Rubin, and he told me he's taking your CDs and he's playing it 24 hours a day, especially that Hebrew. He sees such life in the Hebrew in his uh, processing plants of uh, all of his special foods and vitamins that he makes. He wants the Hebrew language ingrained in those vitamins. I love it. Uh, I want them ingrained in your spirit and you want something more you're gonna get something more I'll be right back call our order only line 1-800-447-2697 1-800-447-2697 Sid Roth with something more I'm with my good friend Jonathan Burnus and uh, you know Jonathan from Jewish Voice you've probably seen him on television uh, Jonathan, uh, you have a passion for the lost tribes. Question one, what are the lost tribes? Well, there's two definitions of lost tribes. I'll give them both to you. The, the narrow definition is that in 722 B.C., the uh, northern ten tribes of Israel were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. It's called the Assyrian Captivity. This is at a time when Israel and Judah were divided, ten in the north, two tribes in the south, and they were never heard from again. They, we, don't, we don't read about them coming back from the Assyrian captivity. And so in a narrow sense, the ten lost tribes are those ten tribes that were taken by the Assyrians, and we don't know what happened to them. There's lots of speculation throughout history. The other definition of the lost tribes are really this, what I call the scattered remnant of Israel, you need to understand, Sid, that through history, the Jewish people were scattered numerous times. Of course. The, the ten tribes, then the tribe of Judah was taken captive by Babel, into Babylon. Only a remnant returned. What happened to the rest? 70 A.D., Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. After the Bar Kokhba revolt in 132, 
BC, uh, they, or AD rather, 132 to 136. They forbid Jews to live in Jerusalem and Israel, and this is known as the Diaspora, the Great Dispersion. And then throughout the Middle Ages, you have Jewish communities being banished from different countries and wandering through Italy, through England, through Spain, the Spanish Inquisition of 1492, later Portugal a few years later. Where did the Jewish people go? They, they were scattered throughout the uh, nations of the world. And so now God is in process of fulfilling, I believe, fulfilling Isaiah chapter 11 and other prophecies where he says, I will regather the outcasts of Israel. So the lost tribes, the scattered remnant of Israel are the Jewish communities that were scattered throughout the world, wandering throughout the world, and are now being restored to the nation of Israel, to the state of Israel. Uh, some rabbis actually believe uh, essential for end times is to restore the lost tribes from the fork. Well, I absolutely believe that the, pr the promise to regather his people back to the land. See, he said, if you disobey my commandments, you will be scattered, but then I will draw you back. Deuteronomy and almost every prophet talks about the regathering at a set time in history, and I believe it's the time known as the end of days or the last days. Okay, well, you were really specializing in this. How did it start? Well, for me personally, I, I, as with many other things like Russia, I wandered into it. It was really God's divine leading without me even knowing about it. I, was I thought that was just me. No, I, no, no. I, I call God the great pusher. I don't, I'd don't. i like to say I'm the great follower, but with my life, he's pushed me into no, everything. No, both of us right. have been pushed into things we yeah. had no idea, right. and he prepared this for us before the foundation of the world. That's what's so exciting. Well, I was invited to Ethiopia after the Russian revival of the 90s, which you were part of. We saw amazing things, Sid. We saw so many salvations, healings, miracles in Russia. I could uh, ride in a taxi, and almost every taxi driver that I met, I led to the Lord in a short taxi ride. Right. It was that powerful. It was a revival. So after that began to wane, I, I was asking God, what's next? Show me. I had no idea, and I just wandered to Ethiopia. Somebody invited me to Ethiopia, and that was the next assignment for me. Uh, I met a group called the Beta Israel. The House, the, of, the House of Israel. Ethiopian Jews that had retained their identity and been persecuted for hundreds of years. Many had been taken back to Israel, but tens of thousands remained in Ethiopia in poverty. And suddenly the light came on, and I saw here's Jewish people that are in need you know, in America, we don't think of Jewish people in financial need and poverty. In Ethiopia, there's Jews in absolute poverty. And another idea, another strategy to reach Jewish people, not, this time not with cultural festivals, with music and dance, but with medical care, with, with um, dental care, with eye care. And so I, we began to organize, our ministry began to uh, organize what, what clinics. Other, what other areas besides Ethiopia right. have you been working in? That's where it began to answer your question. So it began in Ethiopia, and then I began to read about various lost tribes. Uh, different books were sent to me, articles, and I learned about a group called the Lemba. Uh, it, it, this That's is this in is Africa. In Africa, in the remote bush of Zimbabwe, and I sent someone to try to find the Lemba, <laughs> and they found the Lemba. I get this phone call from uh, an Ethiopian uh, uh, member of our team, uh, Mesmore, uh, and he calls me from Ethiopia and introduces me on the phone to a 
member of the Zimbabwean parliament that's a member of the Lemba tribe. And he tells me, come, we've been praying for you. I've written to you. You've never written back. <laughs> Long story short, I flew to Zimbabwe, and it was so complex just getting there, said. I had to fly to Johannesburg, which is a huge commitment in time. And then when I got to, to Johannesburg, had to take another flight to Harare. Then we had to to rent a small plane. Oh, and it's even more interesting. We had to clear a field to, to, to take this small I, plane. I can match that description when I went to the lost tribe of the Kaifeng China right, Jews. Right, right. Uh, I, I, I went with you. You remember? That's right. The Lord uh, spoke well, to me in Russia, said, go with sit and help. And that is a little aside. He never got as sick in his life as you remember. he got on that time. One of the You've sickest got... I've ever been. And it took me a month to recover. But anyway, that's another story. Um, but but now, and I want to go into another area because this is so fascinating. When he does these clinics, all of the doctors and nurses and dentists and people that come along, they're, they're, they're strong believers. And they not only help the people physically, but they pray for them to be physically healed. What uh, your your last uh, event? Tell me about well, that. Well, I just came back from Zimbabwe two weeks ago, and incidentally, it was in Zimbabwe that travail began to it's just come out of me again. So there's something in connection with these lost tribes, with the Lemba and other scattered Jewish communities that I believe is directly connected to me going back into travail. It's a new season, said. We are in a new time it, 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 in history. It's not just on the lost tribes. No. You see, Jonathan moved. He's like a fisherman. He goes with a fish are biting. Fish were biting in the former Soviet Union. He went. God directed him there. Fish are biting in these lost tribes. God directed him there. But I've got some good news. This is America's time, France's time, Italy's time. This this is the Israel's time. The Jewish people are going to be on fire for the Lord, and once again, they're going to be the catalyst for the greatest Gentile revival in history. Said I want to act. I just I want to accent that I believe that we're entering into the greatest revival the world has ever seen. We look back at the first century. I used to read the New Testament and think, oh, if I only lived in that time where my shadow healed someone. But the more I understand the times we live in, the more I'm thankful that I live in this time. I would—I don't want to live in any other time than now, Said It's the time to favor Zion's here. Oh, well, I had a dream. And in the dream, God came to me. And he said, I'm coming back soon three times. I'm coming back soon. I'm coming back soon. I'm coming back soon. Tell me some of those miracles that happened in Zimbabwe. We're seeing all kinds of miracles Tell me in some Zimbabwe. So, so, so two life. weeks ago... We had we set up this prayer tent, and by the way, the first Lemba outreach we did, over 5,000, now you heard this correctly, over 5,000 Lemba, Jews, came to faith in Jesus as Messiah in one week. 5,000. Praise God. So some of the miracles, um, a, a woman came in with a goiter on her neck, a huge goiter, and as we began to pray for, as our prayer team began to pray, the goiter literally began to shrink, 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 and by the time we were done praying, our team was done praying, the goiter was completely gone. Uh, by the way, there's power in the testimony, and there's someone with a goiter right now on your neck, yes. as a matter of fact, and it has gone down in Yeshua's name, in Jesus' name. Go, tell me something else, Yeshua. We, we, we've had other people that were carried in. Uh, they didn't come in wheelchairs because they don't have wheelchairs. 
they were carried in, just completely lame, and walked out of the tent, able to walk out. Let me tell you another one that I was part of that was absolutely amazing. But I, this is in, in Ethiopia, in Gondor, Ethiopia. A, a young man came in, probably 18, 19 years of age, deaf and dumb. Now, what's fascinating is that they he had grown up in the same community. So it's like a Bible experience where they all know him from childhood. And the Lord opened up his hearing, and I was standing behind him whispering, kind of like an old earnest angelly thing, Yeshua. And he was, Yeshua, and he was standing behind him, and all of the elders of the community, this is what made the miracle so amazing, all witnessed this and knew this young man was born this way, and they had no explanation. They were absolutely stunned, and I was just kind of taunting them, uh, getting him to talk, because I could see they were apt, they didn't know what to do with this. They were absolutely stunned, because they knew that this man his whole life. And, and as Jonathan was sharing that, God is telling me there's someone with problems in your hands and if uh, the problems bending your fingers. If you do that right now, you will walk right into your miracle. Now, Jonathan, I Carpal tunnels being healed right now I, I, as we speak. I, I Carpal tunnel. Anything to do with the hand. Yeah. Tell me about this. Tell me about this, this amazing brand new book. Okay, Sid, this is a workbook. This is the third in a series. I took, I'm going through the scriptures and I'm looking at the names of God, the revealed compound names of God. This one, Adonai Yireh, uh, we, we sing Jehovah Jireh, the, the, the correct Hebrew is Yireh. And it means the Lord will provide. It comes from Genesis 22, where God commanded Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. So the first provision is Jesus okay, and everything that he provides for us. It, there's two points to this. One, confessing the word of God. When we confess the word of God, we're releasing life, we're releasing power, we're also hearing the word, and it's getting into our spirit and building faith. So the, I'm a big believer in confession simply because it works. It's biblical and it works. And then I've connected it to the Hebrew language, which is a modern revival of an ancient language. It's a pure language, it's a heavenly language, and I like to call it a super language, just as there's superfoods that have nutrients and vitamins that are, are abnormally um, rich. The Hebrew language is abnormally, abnormally rich. The word shalom, for example, peace. We have the English peace. So I say peace to you. It means rest. It means it means to experience God's peace. But the word shalom, is, it has like 20 words that it's connected to. It also means well-being. It also means wholeness. It also means completion, so, uh, welfare. All of these English words that we have to so, t- so confess. You're, you're saying, if I understand this right, Jonathan takes the promises of God, which are supernatural, and puts them in a superfood package called Hebrew. That's the way God originally did it. And faith, and right, and when we confess the word, so we confess shalom, we're confessing 20, more than 20 English words, and it comes to pass. Why, Sid? Because uh, confession has creative force. What separates man from all of God's creation is articulate speech, and there's life in the power of the tongue. So I'm a big believer in confession. I'm a big believer in Hebrew, and when you put them together, you have a supernatural what emerge, emergence, what emerging. feedback on your first two books, The Lord's Your Healer, The One, The Lord's Your Peace. Uh, these have been out for a while. 
What type of feedback is your office telling is coming on that? Well, I got a letter from a pastor who had taken this, I believe it was an Indian woman that was dying of cancer in the hospital. I think it was leukemia. And he began to play the tape for her. I don't think she was able to confess it. But the, but the CD that is attached to it has me confessing the scriptures in English and then a Hebrew, a native Israeli speaking them in Hebrew. And he just played it in her hospital room day after day. And she was she was completely healed of leukemia. And they she he was writing to thank me for her healing. I didn't do it. The Word of God healed this woman. Uh, you you really have a passion for not just confessing God's Word, but being able, and, and, and on the transliteration, uh, are you finding people that have never studied Hebrew can, uh, in minutes, can speak it? Five minutes, and you're speaking Hebrew fluently when you follow along with the Hebrew speaker. I went to Hebrew school for years, said, and struggled for my bar mitzvah. I hated Hebrew school. Me too. And guess what? <laughs> you don't have to be a Hebrew scholar. You can actually put the Hebrew language to work in five minutes with these workbooks. And that's what they are. They're workbooks. You said something about investing before. You, When you, when you yes. get this, you're investing in the ministry. Well, you're not just investing in the ministry. You're investing in yourself. You're investing in building into your spirit life, investing into yourself peace and rest and provision and and healing all of these revelations that come out when you speak forth the Hebrew language, confess the Hebrew language, gets into your hearing, gets into your spirit, and comes out being spoken with and, and releases life. Okay, we're making this brand new, amazing interactive CD and and this coffee table book and the most beautiful pictures. You'll you'll just uh, you will be so grateful for this. I'm going to make this available for an investment of $39, but his first two books plus this, that's three, uh, The Lord Your Healer, The Lord Your Peace, uh, and The Lord Will Provide, all three available for an investment of $79. And I'm recommending you get three or four or five sets. Why? They will be the most unusual, appreciated, life-changing presence. You can give this to someone that's not even a believer, and they'll be excited over it. <clears throat> so that's available for an investment of $79. And the brand new one, Confessing the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, the Lord will provide, available for an investment of $39. Uh, and I know this. I know, as Jonathan knows, the Word works. The Word is supernatural. You get that Word in your heart, and it's better than all the food and water and shotguns and everything else you want to store. I'll take the Word of God any day over all those other things. Now, God tells you to, you do that. But I know God wants this Word in your heart. Well, this is Sid Roth with my special friend and guest, Rabbi Jonathan Burness, saying you really and truly got something more. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Vichonecha 
Our world is rife with comparisons about what separates us. Day after day, we go about our lives with tunnel vision. But Scripture tells us how Messiah broke down the wall between Jew and Gentile, allowing for the creation of one new man, one new humanity. This spiritual completeness is set to usher in the greatest move toward God the world has ever known. Log on to SidRoth.org today and learn how one new man is the key to unlocking God's greatest blessings. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.